So we start hour number two. Here's what I want to do. I want to get more Bill's reaction. We spent a good part of the first hour on that. I'm really happy to see that a lot of you enjoyed Christian Okoye as much as I did. That was such a fun interview. That was so great. You know what? You know what's great? People who are smart. Like, when I deal with people who are not as smart (laughs) throughout the day, most days, no offense to some of you, it's always great to sit with people who are smarter than you are. Christian Okoye is much smarter than me. I love talking to people who are much smarter than me. What I don't love as much is talking to people who are dumber than me, and there are a few of you out there. I know it because I get your contributions every single day. No offense. Christian was great. Like, you never know. Like, I had high expectations for that conversation. Let me give you my reaction to that conversation. I had high expectations. That's a high-level guy. That's a really, really smart person. That's a different person. His story has always been one of the most miraculous stories in the NFL. You tend to forget about it because it was back in the day. But like he said, you know, grows up in Nigeria where there's a civil war, makes it to the United States. You have to understand about Azusa Pacific. When I said to him, how do you end up at a tiny school like that that's got 3,400 kids, undergraduate students? He goes, if that, if that. I've spent some time on that campus. It's not that big a school. Kind of nondescript, actually. And I love, it's always been one of my favorite stories. Like, going to UC Santa Barbara, before the basketball team became kind of a thing, before Brian Shaw showed up there, before we were a top 25 program, and we were, and, you know, still in and around that spot. I can remember when Jerry Pym was the head coach there. And Jerry Pym was a guy that had success at Utah, had the Utes in the Sweet 16. So we went from a program that didn't matter at all to Jerry Pym coming in and he had relationships. All of a sudden, I'll never forget, like Jim Valvano was on campus with NC State at UCSB. Incredible. Hakeem Olajuwon played in our little gym, which was incredible. And we had a big name, a big man named Scott Fisher who went on to play in Australia and had a lot of success. Scott Fisher, who nationally was anonymous, punched Hakeem in the face in a game. Things like that. So I'll never forget the Nigerian nightmare, who might not have been that just yet. As he pointed out during that conversation, he was still learning the game of football. But Azusa Pacific came to play us in football. We didn't have a football team. That was damn near an intramural team we had. That was a club football team. Club status. And I think it was only one year or two years. My buddy, David James, who I did radio with, was the punter. A radio guy was on the football team. It was amazing. And then you've got the Nigerian nightmare running over us. I love that he remembered that day, too. He's like, that's not the only time I was in Santa Barbara. I was up there running track. So anyway, the whole story is amazing. Like, he had barely even played football. They draft him in the second round, and he goes on to lead the NFL in rushing one year, and he makes it into their Hall of Fame, shows up all these years later, remembers we had a relationship, and just so engaging, man, so smart. Those anecdotes were awesome. Cowan Sebus writes, Jim, that interview was so awesome with Christian. I loved watching him when I was young. He looks great. I'm going to have to buy his book, War the Nigerian Nightmare. That's all true. He does look great, and I love that you want to buy his book. The book is really interesting. His story is incredible. JJ Sportmo, Jim, thank you for the great interview and memories of watching Christian Okoye. 
I was just starting to watch football as a kid in 1987, yet the Nigerian nightmare helped lock me in as a fan for life. I'm definitely getting a signed copy of his book. I love that. Go to his website. Get a signed copy of the book. I love Chiefs fans coming in. Dear Jim, man, lifelong Chiefs fan here. When I heard that Christian was coming on, I had to sneak away from the office to listen. He is so beloved in the Chiefs kingdom. I'm not a Jersey guy, but I have his. Nice hearing from him. Thank you. Damon in Albuquerque. Jimmy, the Nigerian nightmare was a wrecking ball. Guy is awesome as an interview. He is a great personality. Sammy in H-Town. Man, I love that you love that interview. It's pumping me up. It was such a good interview. What a great conversation. And can you imagine this guy getting downhill at 260 and a DB standing in front of him? I mean, DB never stood a chance. This guy was destroying linebackers. Linebackers didn't want to see that guy in open space, never mind a DB. He said a lot of my confidence came from my size. He said, in pads, I probably was 300. Yet 300, but could fly. And remember, this was the days before Derrick Henry or even the bus. It's a very different kind of player and a very different kind of person. At Aztec Mom 1 writes, Thank you at Jim Rome for the Christian Okoye interview. I just bought his book. I can't wait to read it. Good job, Kelly. Listen, I get nothing out of it in terms of commission. I would love to sell a lot of books for him today. Just because of the way he showed up, because his story is so amazing, he was so engaged. I would encourage you to buy that book. I have the book. It's a really good book. Really interesting book. A really interesting person. I love the reaction I'm getting. Jim, great interview with the Nigerian Nightmare. His story is so interesting. He was a beast on the field, but such an intelligent and thoughtful guy off the field. Not only did DBs go out of their way when he was coming their way, so did linebackers. He makes my point, Ian. There were a lot of, quote, business decisions that were made when he got in the open field. You know, I loved at the very end of the interview when he said, I used to study people like Jim Brown and Walter Payton, and Eric Dickerson, he said, I studied them, not so much for their running style, but for their mentality and the way they thought. Look at this guy. Being a Raiders... Oh, it's not... Excuse me, not this guy. (laughs) Look at this lady clone. Being a Raiders fan at Christian Okoye traumatized me. But I have to admit... Watching him crush defenses was a guilty pleaser. So happy you had him on today. Not only a fantastic player, but an incredible man. Love his story. Nightmare indeed. Abby. Look at Abigail coming in and giving him some love. Christian, my dude, they love you. I I am so pleased with that. Armand Armadillo on the X. Hey, Jim. Loved your interview with Christian Okoye. Having spent time in West Africa and knowing how much they love soccer, it is so amazing to see him have success in American football. He sounded so real, and he is a really great story. War the Nigerian nightmare. No, I mean, how about that story that 
when he thought that he was going to represent the national team and then found out that was not the case, only then did he turn to football. And when a friend said, hey, let's go to a football game, he thought he was going to a soccer game. And then when he saw that it was a football game and he took it all in, he's like, man, this sucks. This is boring. This is slow. But they run into each other. They huddle up. Like, let's get out of here. I got better things to do. Hey, Rome, and now it turns. And now the turn, now the pivot. Hey, Rome, like Christian, I too got sick of football real quick. Signed, Josh Allen. Todd no longer in Hermosa. <sighs> I, don't think, uh, I don't think that he's sick of football. But he has a lot of those moments where he seems like he's sick of football. That, uh, <sighs> I'll tell you what, some Bills fans are getting sick of him. But not nearly as sick of Sean McDermott. Here's somebody from Wyoming. I speak as a University of Wyoming alumni and a Josh Allen fan. That being said, I feel like my man has flatlined. He has reached his peak. He continues to make the same mistakes he did as a rookie. Can this be coached out of him? I don't really know. I don't know. You know, it certainly was coached out of him when Dable was there. He started that way as a rookie. We saw all the potential. We saw the upside. We saw the flash. And then you knew, and he knew what he had to do. Work with Jordan Palmer. Work with Dable. And yeah, he became that guy. And all of a sudden, he was not taking on every single tackler. He was not taking every shot downfield. He would check down. He would live to make another play. I mean, he was that guy. He was maturing. He was evolving. He was elite. He was an MVP type player. He was all those things. So yes, that could be coached out of him, but he's reverting back to that guy. So why is that? You can't blame. I mean, you could try. If you're an apologist, you might try. I could say, you can't say it's the injuries on the defense, but an apologist would say, yeah, actually it is. It's all tied together. It's all tied together. And I would say yes. I'm not saying it's all his fault. But don't tell me it's none of his fault. He's hurting them. Period. He's hurting them. He's hurting them with bad decisions. He's hurting them when he's not taking care of the football. He's hurting them because he leads the league in INTs. He's hurting them because he leads the team in turnovers. Putting the ball on the ground and splitting the opposition's number is always going to hurt the team. Don't tell me he's got nothing to do with them being 5-5. Five and five. Not all his fault. He makes a lot of big plays. Don't tell me that thinking south of Knicks is better than Javier's is not only hurting the team, but it's hurting the world. And I like that restaurant. I've been in the restaurant. DJ and I go to that restaurant when we're down there. But it's not better than Javier's. Essentially, nothing is. Jamie in Green Bay wants in. The Buffalo Bills continue to slide. Signed, the Goo Goo Dolls. Bob Kroll is in. War Rick and Buffalo melting down while slamming ladles of stew. Onto the students' trays in the lunch line today. I don't know, dude. I don't think he works in the cafeteria. Nothing against people who work in the cafeteria. 
I, I don't think that Rick does. I think he's a principal or a teacher. He's an administrator of some sort. I don't think that he's an administrator of Beef Stroganoff. Or Sloppy Joe's. Or Pizza Day. Hey, Jim. Josh Allen looks terrible. Regards, Zach Wilson. You know, let's not lose track of the fact that Sean McDermott is presiding over this whole thing. 12 men on the field. The dumbest way to lose a game imaginable. Think of all the dumb, dumb teams and dumb things you've seen over the years. Find me a dumber way to lose a game than that. A game they had to have, and a game they had no business winning, but won. They won the game. A missed kick. All you had to do was line up 11 guys. They didn't even have to put their hands up. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was line up 11 guys, stay on side, and they win that game. A game they had no business winning. And they couldn't even do that. Ross Tucker said it best. Like, what is going on? That really was one of the dumbest things I think I've ever seen in football. Ever. Bill Radka's in. Radka's like, oh, I knew. Radka's like, I knew. Quote, hey, I've seen it coming. This team is broken. They invent new ways to lose. 13 seconds, 12 men on the field. Firing Dorsey is just the tip of the iceberg. For the love of God, it's time to get rid of McDermott. I'm just numb to it now. See, isn't that interesting? I said, what is your feeling this morning? Are you numb to it? For the love of God. Are you despondent? Are you ready to let the hands go? Are you ready to rage? As always, the answer is yes. Seems to me, you don't want either one of these things on your resume. 13 seconds or 12 men. And McDermott's got them both. Right at the top of the resume, 13 seconds, 12 men. And those aren't the only incredible ways they've lost games late. Here's one more. In an area famous for waterfalls, Ken Dorsey is the ultimate fall guy. Dorsey didn't put 12 men on the field for that field goal. Dorsey didn't fumble or throw two picks. Bills fired Dorsey to get us to look the other way from that Monday night dumpster fire. Jimmy K in Illinois. Hey, how you funny is this? Fall guy you know how court. bad last night was? All of you taking up for Dorsey wanted him fired before that game. All I've heard from weeks now is it's months. It's Dorsey. It's Dorsey. It's Dorsey's fault. It's Dorsey's fault. That's how bad last night's game was. Hey, man, you're just trying to get us to look away. He's the fall guy. If he wasn't fired... Right before the show, I would imagine that most of you would spend the entire show trying to fire that guy. And yet now, it was so bad last night, that whole 12-man thing, that now you're taking up for the guy. Now you feel sorry for Dorsey. Now you're like setting up funds for Dorsey. Now Ken Dorsey's been so wronged when you've been trying to fire him for months. What a disaster, Mafia. Hey, Mafia, how many of you were swan diving into houses of excrement last night. Right? You know, weeks ago, that police report about that one guy 
was so drugged out of his mind that you'd have to be in order to end up in a house of excrement. I wonder. I wonder if that was a one-off or if there were many of you last night searching for abandoned homes of excrement to dive into. And Scott is that guy once in. He writes, last night's game ended so unerotically. At Alvin DeLauro needs to play that one sound effect in reverse. You know the one I'm talking about, Alvy. Come on! Signed James in Portland. That was a guy pretending to be James in Portland playing that sound that we all know in reverse. Or that was the real James in Portland in reverse. But the actual X was not from him, right? That's confusing. Scott is that guy. All right. So you've got a few topics. Krishna Koye, if you want to respond to that. Levante David is going to join me at the top of hour number three. They snapped their losing streak, and they're right there on the hunt at four and five. And they're coming off a pretty strong game. I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you don't really think for a second, right, that Harbaugh thinks or wants people to believe that Michigan is America's team. Like, I got to give it to this guy. That was one of the all-time trolls. And people are actually taking that cheese, taking that bait. Michigan man, I don't want to talk about you, but Michigan scandal is not going away. So I probably will have to talk about you. Meantime, gas, groceries, utilities. I'm telling you, man, the price of everything is going up. It's hard. It's scary. Maybe you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees. That could be really frustrating and really scary because the financial burden can be overwhelming. It is time to get your finances in order. Get the real facts about that timeshare that you think you're stuck in. You might not be stuck in it. There are options for getting rid of it, and Chuck McDowell knows what they are. He is the founder of Wesley Financial Group. He's been helping families out of terrible timeshares for over 10 years. He has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, he has helped over 30,000 families get out of that financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. He might be able to do the same thing for you as well. To get the facts about the, how the timeshare industry works and what your options are for cancellation, call Wesley right now. Telephone number is 1-800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. So really quickly, this guy's got an explanation, and he's a medical professional, apparently. At Robrig 2 on the X, Rome, in the case of Josh Allen, as a, as a psychologist, I might think that like most of us, when we are in fight or flight mode, our brain chooses what it thinks is the easy way out. Josh is used to surviving on his primal instinct to fight, He's thinking goes out the window. I think that looks pretty accurate to me. 
That's what it looks like to me. I think you're right, Doc. All right, let me change up another topic for you. Let's talk about the hood. Also, not having a good week. Bill Belichick. Hey, half fam. And remember, as much as some of you don't like me, I'm half you. My father's side, all Boston. Boston, Brookline, Fitchburg, Newton, all these places. Most of which I have not been to. (laughs) But I'm half fam. I'm half chowed. I'm half chowed and half Frisco, I found out not long ago. Weird. Anyway, half fam, you think you want Bill Belichick to exit stage left in Foxborough, stat. Well, there's actually somebody who wants it a hell of a lot more than you do. She, she, pretty much wants it more than anybody wants anything. I mean, from the sounds of it, I'm guessing she would love Pat's security to grab him by that ragged hoodie and toss his ass right off the stage right now. And yes, I'm talking about she. She is none other than Fran Levy. Straight up, half-fam. You think you've had enough of the mumbler. You have nothing on the wife of Hall of Famer, Marv Levy. So we've got kind of a Bills connection here. We're talking about the Bills all day long. How about the Bills of yesteryear? The ones that were going to the Super Bowl every single year. Marv Levy's wife, Fran. Why is she in the news? Well, while you have loved the hood for years, Fran clearly has never had any need for the hood. Never been a fan of the hood. How do I know? Fran decided to rip into the old hood during her husband's recent interview with the Boston Globe. No joke. When Marv was asked by the Globe if he had any kind of advice or if he would provide any guidance for the mumbler amidst his struggling season, Fran waved her old man off and took a bat to the hood instead. Fran said, and I quote, she told this to the Globe, quote, I think he should retire. I can't stand him. He's a cheater. And he was rude to Marv. Bill Belichick was always jealous of Marv. He's a mean person, and I hope he never wins again. End of quote. Bam! Have some hood. Open season on the hood continues. I'm telling you, man, when it goes, it goes fast. Like five minutes ago, everybody was all, Bill Belichick, bah, bah. This dude was the goat five minutes ago. Now there's people just lining up to kick this dude in the proverbial stick. And Fran Levy just cut the line and is blasting away. As if this dude needed anybody else to dunk on him, Fran Levy just took off from the free throw line and she is hanging from the rim still. And she's all up on that Bella chest of his, allegedly. I mean, Fran. Fran Levy still has as much juice as Marv's K-Gun had during its glory years. So much so that Marv felt like she was a little wide right, if you will, with those comments and wanted, well, he tried his best to reel her back in and make sure that the Globe did not quote him on that. I don't think she cared. She probably was like, oh, I said it. 
quote me on that. For all I know, he may have even politely asked Fran to run a few wind sprints for vaporizing the hood the way she did. To which I would say Marv. I love Marv. I've always been a big fan of Marv. Marv used to come on the program. I always thought that he was like the most dignified guy. Great coach. Great dude. But Marv, I don't want to get in the middle of this, but Marv, what did she say or do that was wrong? Even though Belichick has six rings and you have none, even though he's got six and you went 0 for 4 in the big one, maybe he is and always has been jealous of you. I mean, you are a brilliant dude. You're a hell of a good guy, a damn good coach. Your players loved you. I mean, maybe he is jealous of you. Why take any of that out of the interview? All she's doing is dropping knowledge bombs while mixing in an opinion or two. I mean, let's go back to what she said. The old man should retire. Yeah, I'm sure that half his fans think that. Half the Patriots fan base would agree with that, or more. Quote, he's a cheater. Check. Most people outside of my half fam think that he's a cheater. He's a mean person, and she hopes he never wins again. Yeah, I bet 90% of the people listening or watching right now would say the same exact thing. He's a cheater, and we hope he never wins again, and he's mean. So exactly what did Fran do or say that was wrong? As far as I could tell, absolutely nothing. Like, although I married the best person I ever met and the nicest person I've ever met, I can't wait for Dodger Jano to swing in here on a vine with a little something for all the Van Smack hate that I've told her to ignore for the past 30 years. I mean, Fran's got me all fired up now. Most people I know want to be like DJ. But as much as I love her, I think that I want to inject a little Fran Levy into Dodger Jano. It's evidently free game on the hood these days and keeping it real. I mean, this dude just can't stop taking it from every single angle. You know, the guy who assumed that he would just kind of coast into being the game's all-time winningest coach, applauded for it by the masses, deified. This dude now might not make it through the season. He might not make it through the week. He's leaking oil, his engine is smoking, and Fran Levy just slashed all of his tires. Like, the Boston Globe is... A great newspaper. No disrespect to the Globe. And a really great fish wrap back in the day. But how do you not follow up Fran after that verbal assault on Bill? I love Marv. But with all due respect, if I'm doing the interview, I immediately change focus. The article changes to a Fran perspective, not the Marv perspective. I would immediately move over a seat and say, okay, hey, Fran, settle in for a minute. Sure, what do you want to know? How many Super Bowls would Bill have won without Tom Brady, Fran? (laughs) Hey, Fran, why do you think this guy is so mean? Why do you think this guy is so prickly? Was he not hugged enough as a child? Hey, Fran, how satisfying has it been to watch the Patriots become the doormats of the entire NFL? Fran, if you were Robert Kraft, how would you fire Bill Belichick? Not would you fire Bill Belichick, but how and when? Hey, Fran, let me show you this video. Look at my phone. 
Look at this video of a shirtless and supple man allegedly coming out of a house in the early mornings. Is that Bill Belichick, Fran? Do the best we can here going forward. Is that Bill Belichick? And if so, what do you make of his demeanor? If you had to guess, Fran, what happened prior to him stepping out of that home shirtless and supple? I would have immediately, because that's what you do. I always tell people this. Hey, Rome, how do you do a good interview? Hey, Rome, what's the secret to doing a good interview? Two things. One, the best interviews are not interviews. They're conversations. Number two, you want to prep the interview, but don't just stick to your tablet or your questions. Listen. Listen carefully to who you're interviewing and follow it. And be alive and be flexible. So if Marv is giving you some answers that are classy and standard, and then Fran comes flying in from nowhere, you shift the focus of the interview to Fran because she's going, take, 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 bomb, bomb, bomb. I'm sure that Marv didn't want a peer done like that. I'm sure that Marv probably didn't want Fran making national news like that. And I respect that, Marv, because I respect the heck out of you. But I'm here for it, Fran. Bravo. Well done. We'll work through everything. Everybody is getting in line to kick this dude in the stick. Mike D for three. War Fran. Give that grandma a golden ticket, Rome. I might. That's the thing now. Here's another one. Can you give Fran a golden ticket? I can do whatever the hell I want. It's my show. I've never spoken to her. Look at this guy. I'm going to read this as it's written. Hey, Jim. Jesus Christ, it's Fran Levy. It's Fran Levy. Mark in Toledo. How'd that go, Alvy? It's Fran Levy. It's Jason Bourne. I mean, seriously. They're both assassins. She just verbally murdered Bill Belichick. That quote is so great. All right, when we return, we're going to talk some college football. Either we're going to talk about Michigan, or we're going to talk about AM, or my dude, Dan Lanning. You want to talk about emphatic. He made it very clear he is not leaving Oregon for AM. Or anywhere else for that matter, anytime soon. It was the most emphatic statement I've heard from a coach about not going somewhere since Nick Saban famously said he would not go to Alabama. So it was either the most loyal, most awesome thing ever, or it's going to come back and take a gigantic bite out of his ass one day. I'm a big Dan Lanning guy, but that was really emphatic. Really emphatic. We'll get into all that when we come back. But first, here is your Bomb of the Hour Sports Update. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio.
Did you know that Discover wants everybody to feel special? That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you have never held, you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Discover.com slash credit card. This guy doesn't get it, I don't think. DOH 1029 on the X, quote, Unwar using the word supple to refer to a shirtless man. Why? That, that, that was the whole point of that video. I mean, are you just saying that just because you think that's funny or do you not understand? Dave, I can help you understand if you need that. There is that video of somebody who looks like Bill Belichick spilling out of somebody's home in what seems to be kind of a, I don't really know how you describe it, a sordid neighborhood. Not the best neighborhood. Not the best neighborhood for an extremely wealthy, famous goat. And we don't know who it is. The internet just decided that it was Bill Belichick. However, it wasn't just Belichick. It was Belichick in what seemed like the early morning hours coming out of a home shirtless. I don't know if he was taking out the trash, getting the morning newspaper, or as the internet decided, doing the walk of shame. Point is, Dave, everybody who weighed in on that, who accepted that it was Belichick, also weighed in on his moves, his upper body, his rack, his boobs. So I have referenced allegedly whoever it is is frankly quite supple. Sorry that you don't like that use of the word. Would bosom be better? Unwar using the word supple to refer to a shirtless man. All right, Dave, I'll tell you what. I'm open to it. Give me a better word. Watch that video and give me a better word to describe that guy, if not supple. I'm not saying that's Belichick. I'm just saying that guy because I think we can all agree it's somebody. It's somebody. And I'm not saying that I'm shredded, shredded, but whoever that dude is, he's got a pretty nice rack. What's a better word? I'm all ears. At Macho Nacho 616 on the X, Marv, Fran, you ought to apologize to the hoodie. Fran, I'd like to apologize to absolutely like nobody. Marv Levy's wife does nobody. what the F she wants. The f- wants. I love that she didn't walk that back. She didn't back down. Can you imagine how long she's been carrying that around with her? For her to let that rip to the Boston Globe, she's been carrying that around for a long time. I'm looking for a phone call. I'm looking for a good phone call. I'm looking for a phone call to make it better. So what do you say we reset that? 1-800-636-8686. Levante David's coming up at the top of the hour. You already know where to find me on the X. That's pretty clear. You can also hit me up on email, Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. A Michigan man, just a thought or two. I can't get into all of this right now. Believe me. If I could get away from the Michigan scandal, I would. Michigan man, you're getting way too much run on this program. I'm sick of talking about you. I don't want to talk about you. I know that you think that I live to talk about you, that I wake up in the morning and I think to myself, 
uh, let's go in on Michigan, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm not. That's not what I'm about. I don't want to talk about you. You know why? I don't want to hear from you. And every time I talk about you, I hear from you. So don't think that I'm here to talk about you and I'm loving it and it's good for me. It's good for the program. It's none of the above. The problem is, Michigan man, the reason I'm still talking about you is because Michigan scandal keeps one-upping itself every single day. It seems like there's something new that jumps that story right back to the top of the news. Yesterday, I had to talk about the Big Ten's Friday news dump where they suspended Jim Harbaugh. And by the way, I kind of had your back on that. I thought that that was a little shady. I thought it was shady because it was a Friday news dump. I thought it was a little bit shady because it was during a holiday weekend. I thought it was a little shady because it was unprecedented. I thought it was a little shady because they rushed in. So I actually did have your back on that. But then I also had to talk about interim coach Sharon Moore's absurd post-game performance on the Fox broadcast, and I did not have your back on that. I actually didn't like that at all. I'm not sure I've ever heard anything baggier than these hysterics. Well, I thank the Lord. Well, I thank Coach Harbaugh. I love you, man. I love the out of you, man. This is for you. For this university, the president, our AD, we got the best players, best university, best alumni in the country. Love you guys. These guys right here, these guys right here, man. These guys did it. These guys did it, man. Talk to him, man. Love you. Was that watching a post-game interview or like some skit on Saturday Night Live? That was so over the top. He got the top gun treatment because, like I said yesterday, Slider. Even Mav didn't cry that much over Goose. And he killed Goose. And Goose was dead in his arms. And even Mav wasn't that dramatic. And that was one of the most melodramatic scenes ever. But it still wasn't even close to the actual melodrama and the hysterics and the tears on display from Coach Moore on Saturday. I really didn't think there could be any audio out of Ann Arbor this week that could top that. But I may be wrong. This might shock you, Michigan man. But I actually kind of like what Jim Harbaugh tried to pull off yesterday. What a stunt, man. What an absolute stunt that this guy pulled off. And it better be a stunt. Or it's the baggiest thing ever. But I, I really believe my dude just went full troll. And if so, it's pretty smart. Like, how else do you deflect the criticism while also topping Sharon, going full waterworks, and playing victim? I mean, again, this guy crying and F-bombing like his head coach was just killed or just dropped dead right in front of him. It was nothing like that. He got caught cheating. So what do you do if you're Harbaugh? You take the next step and you play martyr. You play hero. You declare yourself America's team. It's got to be America's team. It's got to be America's team. You know, America, America loves a team that that uh, you know beats the odds, beats the adversity, you know, overcomes with the naysayers and you know critics, so-called experts think. Turkey um, gobble gobble. That's my turkey. favorite kind of team. And yeah, watching it from from that view on the television, like gobble gobble turkey. It was. Finally, people get to 
see what I see every day, you know, in these players and these coaches. I don't know. Like, I, I want to give this guy credit, and I want to say, man, what a great troll. America's team. How rich is that? I mean, what an amazing troll job. But then you listen to him, and you're like, wait a minute. He might actually mean that. Forget the fact that they got caught in a cheating scandal. Forget the fact that it's his second time he's been suspended this season. Never mind all that. What he's saying is we're actually the good guys here. It's got to be America's team. We're America's team because of how badly we've been persecuted. We're America's team because of how much we've had to overcome. You know, all the cheating that happened under my watch. We're America's team. I just wish he went all the way with it. You know, like, America loves a team that, that, uh, that, that a what, Jim? America loves a team that what? That, uh, cheats? Is that what you wanted to say? You said that. America loves a team that, uh, uh, cheats? Because that's what you should have said. That's the only thing. That would have made that troll job even more awesome. We're America's team. We're America's team. You know why? Because America loves a team that cheats. It's almost kind of true because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and it's only cheating if you get caught. And he did. But who the hell cares? You're Michigan man, and you're America's team. Why? Because Michigan man said so. And your assistant got on TV crying hysterically and dropping F-bombs like he had just seen Michigan man get hit by an oncoming train as opposed to being caught up in a sign-stealing scandal. We're America's team. That is a legendary troll, dude. I got to give you credit for that, honestly. Stay tuned.